And I'm Kyle Catradorian. Oh, there was a different rhythm to that today. Guys, switching it up. Anyhow, you're listening to another episode of The Accessible Still. Emily. Hi. What are we going to talk about today? You know, I have to say this episode was pretty much all your idea. So <laughs> how do you feel if I turn it back around on you and ask you what we're going to talk about today? It honestly makes me a little bit uncomfortable. No, <laughs> just because I've only ever done it like twice in the history of the show. No, no. Um, I found myself in a situation where I very quickly realized that a lot of disabled people, uh, or at least these ones, we were not in the disability community in the way that I assume that a lot of disabled people who are online are. And I just had like an existential crisis over it. To the point where I was like, Emily, we need to talk about this right now. Okay, so yeah, I actually think this is a super important thing to talk about. And when Kyle brought it up to me, I was like, wow, I honestly hadn't thought about it as much as I should think about it. But every time we use generalizations like disability community or we talk about disabled people, I feel like we make these assumptions that we're talking about a particular subset or rather we are talking about a particular subset, but we make an assumption that we're talking about everybody. Yes. And the there was one moment for me when I realized, because I, I took for granted, like I thought that if you were a person with a disability online, whether or not you even cared about disability advocacy, I thought you would at least recognize like big-ish names or know the vocabulary du jour. And the moment for me was when somebody referred to themselves as handicapped. And like, look, refer to yourself however you want. We've done that to death. But having said that, I don't think there's anyone in the quote, disability community that we know that would do that. And like, I'm not about to tell anyone how to identify themselves, but that was when I was like, oh my God, are these like the regular people? And we are not. We're like terminally online professional people. And I, I was reminded of the initiating the uninitiated episode, but it's, it's a little bit more than that, right? Because these people aren't well-meaning adults or just regular disabled adults. These are people who have a community online and who are or who I should say are, but like who like I would assume would be either in the space or at least familiar with it. And the fact that they weren't like blew my mind. Like it, it, it really did. And I'm not saying just because you're disabled online, you have to know who you are and who like someone like Alice Wong is. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that I assumed that you'd have a clue. Like it might not be your cup of tea to be a professional disabled person. It's barely mine most days, but like, you know, I just kind of thought you'd have a baseline knowledge. And I'm not here to shame anybody, but it, it just was like, wow. Like, I didn't realize that the bubble that I'm in is, like, smaller than I thought. Or if anything, I feel like the people who need to feel a little shame right now are the perpetually online disabled people who are like, oh, not all disabled people are the same and disabled people are not a monolith, but at the same time, we just have these assumptions and expectations that disabled people actually are on the same wavelength. That's the other part of it. 
like I really do believe that disabled people are not a monolith. Like we've said that hundreds of times probably. And yet in that moment, I realized that I, and by extension, this show were acting as if we were, even though we were saying that we weren't, but by like, by having that difference between like this part of the community and like all these other disabled people, like over here in this online space, it's something we take for granted and don't even realize we're doing it. Yeah. I definitely always talk about in theory, the fact that I need to get out of this vacuum, out of this silo, out of this bubble. Like I'm highly aware of it. And I always tell people, if you've met one disabled person, you've met one disabled person. And I can only speak for myself and my own experiences because there's more than a billion disabled people around the world. Like I rattle these stats and these talking points off constantly. And yet when it comes down to it, I still find myself thinking about the disability community as a very specific group of people, even though I'm so aware of the fact that that's not true. But it's just that I engage with the same disabled people so frequently and the same names get thrown around and the same people get all of these opportunities. And it's like, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of being part of it. I'm guilty of perpetuating it. And it's really important, I think, for someone to come in and pop that bubble and be like, hey, actually, you say all these things, but you're really not aware of the fact that a billion disabled people is a whole freaking lot of people. And yep. that means that the way that you think about disability, the way that you talk about disability is not how everybody else is doing it. And it does not make them bad. And it does not make them wrong. But because we have been socialized in this bubble of disability activism and disability culture, we are so quick to judge other disabled people who are not habitually online 24-7 professional disabled people. Yeah. And it's it was so bizarre. It hit me doubly because this was a space is a space for folks with CP. And like, I, it's so I am so guilty of this because I'm like, oh, you know, when you think of CP, I, like I have very mild CP, right? So if you don't know about CP, it probably doesn't look like me. And I know that. I know that. It's a fact. But like when I meet people who, and it doesn't matter like what literally, like what am, I hate this, but like what amount of CP they have. It, it, that's not the point. The point is like when I meet a group of people who all have CP, I would at least hope that my experience resonates with some of them. But a lot, but but it didn't resonate with any of them. Now, it is entirely possible that this group of CP, the people with CP happen to be whose CP affects them a lot more. But I know for a fact it's not because I've asked around and it's just bizarre. Like the, um, the, the different types of people like I, that, that exists. And like, I took for granted, like, oh, if you have CP, then you know this thing about it. And if you know, if you have CP, then you know this thing about it. Because I know this thing about the CP, and I think it's common knowledge. And actually, what it is, is is things that should be common knowledge, in my opinion, but are just not. There are so many reasons, I think, why different aspects of disability are not common knowledge. I mean, one thing that frustrates me to no end is a lot of the writing out there about disability is really really heavily full of jargon or it's very academic 
and it completely shuts people out. And yet it's hypothesizing and analyzing and theorizing about these people. But the people that they're writing about can't even access what they're writing because it's so full of words that are just inaccessible. And, you know, even if you can access something by going to take out a book, by being online, right? That doesn't mean that the language is accessible to you. Or maybe you don't have internet in the first place, right? Maybe you don't have easy access to get to a library in the first place. Like I just, it honestly, the rabbit hole goes so deep for how much certain parts of the disability community, and I'm counting myself in this, act like we are the ones who are in charge of shaping the discussion and shut out other people from that conversation. You know, it's funny you brought up internet. Meanwhile, we have a podcast and it's, it's, I didn't even think of that because not only are we doing this on the internet, but also all of these folks are on the internet, right? I didn't even consider that. That's a whole different layer. Yeah. And it's one I think we need to talk about because- Mail the transcripts out on postcards to to people. Right. But I mean- All of these resources are things that I know about and things that I find out about largely because I cannot help myself and I still scroll Twitter aimlessly 20 times a day. And so that's how I get my information on disability. Yep. But at the same time, that's my particular orbit and... That's because I have the privilege of having internet. I have the privilege of being connected to certain people. I have the privilege of having an education that has allowed me to engage in a way with certain materials that make them understandable to me. And these things are not the norm for everybody. But quite frankly, I feel like the very same people who are all about radical access are sometimes the ones who are perpetuating this problem. Yeah. And, you know, normally I would love to like poke fun and blame them. But honestly, it's so pervasive. You know, this this was an epiphany for me. Like, I didn't even know I was doing it. And like it was so many it it went it went so deep. It was like, you know, obviously you can't be at the same stage of life as everyone or even as like you and I are the same age or we're the different stage of life. That's just how life works. There were there, there were things that I take for granted in my day to day life that I didn't even think people with my kind of CP or even slightly more or less could and couldn't do. And then we got to talking and I realized like, how can I reach these people about this, this thing, this thing over, I'm gesturing to one side of the screen, this thing over here, when like they, their whole life depends on whether or not they can, I'm making this up. This is not a real example, but like use a roll in shower or like, you know, um, if, if their parent is going to be able to help them get up and get ready, it's just as valid this thing that my thing the thing over here that i that i wanted to talk about with these people but like they, 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 they their life they have much more immediate barriers to access than i even realized and that made me realize a couple things that made me realize how privileged and independent i am and how lucky i am to be this way that's thing number one but thing number two is like we gotta we we the big internet disco have to be a lot better at trying to reach people who you know, it's like, yeah, we could talk about privilege and how disabled people are the largest minority and how we have barriers to, to jobs and physical barriers to access in buildings and stuff. And like, that's true. But when you are a disabled person who 
is like worried about when your next meal is going to come or who is going to help you get dressed in the morning. You're not thinking about that because you're just worried about how you're going to get through the day. It was just a lot. The thing is, there are ways to hold space for both. How am I going to get the care that I need? And also, what is the language that I want to use to refer to myself? Like, I'm plenty sure that there's disabled people who are thinking about both the nuances and the theories and... Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. That, that's not what I meant. That just, just to No, I know what you mean. I just mean, like, I know that it's possible to hold both. But I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, what you're getting at is like some of us are railing on the internet about language choice while other people are literally worried about if they're going to get the personal care attendant support that they need. Yes, exactly. And I'm not saying that one is more important than the other. I'm saying that because one is so much more immediate, even if you might care about the language issue, it's not pressing in your life. And I'm not saying that both can't coexist. And also, the other thing that I'm thinking about, too, is, you know, sometimes we get all wrapped up in being really holier than thou in how we think about and talk about disability among this sort of very online group of disabled people. But in doing that, we're totally discounting the fact that Disabled people who don't think in the same way that we do can still be doing valid activism. I mean, really? I'm going to get a caveat here. Like, if you are being blatantly ignorant of certain disability-related things and still calling yourself an advocate, then I feel like there is a chance that you're going to do more harm than good. And I have a specific example of this. So there is a person who I recently came across on social media. So they are an online person. And they are a wheelchair user. And they believe that the best possible route to educate other people about disability is by having non-disabled people roll around in wheelchairs. I swear to God, I knew that's where you were gonna. That's what you were gonna say. I don't know how I knew that. I just had this like inkling in the back of my head. Because it's probably one of the better examples I can think of. Because you know, I'm not the type of person who's like, "You are wrong, and your um, it, life experiences are invalid." But I am the type of person who is gonna say, "Don't." intentionally keep your head in the sand either do you know what i mean and that goes both ways i'm not going to tell you that your experience is invalid but if you then start to do things that are actively going to cause problems for other disabled people that's my line live your life how you want to identify how you want to right but if you're going to teach other people about disability and you're going to do so in a way that proclaims yourself as the expert while actively creating problems for other disabled people, not cool. Just move out of the way. But the thing is, I am always willing to give people grace and give people the benefit of the doubt. And so if there are disabled people who are perpetuating a certain narrative of like being inspiring or overcoming or whatever like live your life i guess but don't impose that on other disabled people 
So I, I think what I'm getting at is like there's kind of a line here. Like I don't think anyone should impose ourselves on anyone else. But I also think that when the way that you're living your life is contributing overall to like a negative narrative of disability, I have a harder time with that. Like I'm not going to get mad at you if you say handicapped or special needs and that's how you're more comfortable referring to yourself. But if you're like out there and you're like an inspirational, overcoming, motivational speaker who's like, I climbed Mount Everest with like no body and only soul, you know, like, you know what I mean? That person, that person's probably out there, you know, that person exists. No, that that actually bothers the hell out of me. And it's, look, live your life. I'm like, come on, man. That's how I feel about that. Like that is just. So I don't know. Did that make sense how I'm trying to differentiate here? To me, it does. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. To turn the arrow back in our direction, I think that we have a lot of self-reflection to do as yeah. a quote-unquote community if we think that we're really representing everybody in the work that we're doing. It was just like a light bulb moment. You know? It was it was just a, it was something I took for granted. Something that I think we all take for granted. We did online disco. And then and and then it's like, well, what if they don't want to be part of it? And what if they just do have fundamentally different opinions? It's like, okay, but like I want you to know it's here. I want you to know like that's the thing. It's like you don't have to join. It's not a cult. Oh my god, that was kind of the direction that I was gonna go in. Like I think we need some better marketing materials. Also, I mean, so many of us have had years of being able to adjust to the concept of disability as an identity. Like, Emily 15 years ago and Emily now is a very, very different person. Kyle at the beginning of this podcast was a different person with regard to my disability identity, man. Like I go back and forth on it all the time. Like it's an it's 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 a thing. That's true. Honestly, if you want to witness a journey, like Oh my god, yeah, it's so embarrassing. But like it I, I, don't, I don't think I'm alone. Well, I went through a lot too. I went through like a political awakening too, like a good one, not like a <laughs> but like I it's like it's episode one, me and episode whatever this is me is like it's the same guy, but I learned a lot. That's a fair assessment. Yeah, I mean, same person, but learned a lot. And I think that is another thing that kind of comes up for me, too, is the differences between people who were born with their disabilities versus acquired their disabilities and the culture that you grow up in. And there's just so many factors that go into how people choose to engage with the concept of disability um, and again, like I'm not being blamey here. Like I am pointing a finger entirely at myself. Yeah, no, this is, <laughs> we're not pointing fingers at anyone but us. Like it's, yeah, it was just bizarre to see, at least for me, it was like, wow, like, cause I, the thing is, I thought we were doing a good job and I'm not saying we're not, I'm just saying like, you know. We're always worried about how we're going to reach non-disabled people. Meanwhile, there's this whole segment of disabled people that are just like here who don't even know this world exists. Boom. That's the thing. That's it. 
it's the fact that we are so busy sometimes trying to reach people beyond what we're calling our community that we're forgetting about what's going on in the community. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that we're just over here being like, hey, what about us? You know, so um, obviously we exist in a world where we have to like fight for non-disabled people to pay attention to us. But what if disabled people just paid attention to each other? And I say this knowing full well that there are plenty of disabled people who pay attention to each other. And there are plenty of disabled people who are working on all kinds of, you know, radical mutual aid and who are really focused on that internal community building. So I'm not saying that, you know, either one of us are having some kind of revelation here. I'm just saying like more, more of that, like more of let's focus on each other and welcoming people into the fold of a broader community rather than just using the term disability community without actually embracing what a community is. Speaking of us, Emily, do you know who today's sponsor is? We the sponsor today? Yeah, it's us. If you're willing and able, please support the show at patreon.com slash the accessible soul. Just one dollar a month that triggers the whole current and future episodes of the accessible soul remade what? Accessible. That's right. Although counterpoint here, because um wouldn't it be the listeners who are our patrons who are sponsoring us and not that we are our own sponsor? Okay, well, that's a very good point. <laughs> no. Today's sponsor is All of you. This episode is brought to you by the letters Y-O-U. And the number six. And the color blue. They don't do that on Sesame Street. I just felt like saying. They don't? Oh, they don't do colors. I I thought they they stopped. Oh, oh, you scared me. It could be wrong. It could be wrong. They do the number. They do. This episode was brought to you by the letter A and the number seven. I think it should also be brought to you by colors. Someone's going to school me now and be like, uh, they do. Who picks those? I want to know the person whose job it is to pick those and what they... Yeah, but how do they decide which to pick? I don't know. Whatever letter they're feeling partial to that day. I mean, Maybe it's like how I play Wordle, which is that I look up and whatever five-letter word I find first is sometimes what I start with. Can I tell you, I play Wordle differently than everyone I know who plays Wordle, and I don't know if I'm doing it wrong or if like... Please explain. Okay, so Courtney does not do this, and I and neither does anyone in her family. So they're they're the other people, and I want to know how you do it. I try to guess the word. That's the goal. I don't care if it's in one, two, three, four, five, or six. But she and everyone else I know that plays Wordle really guns for the low score. The, I I'm about winning, so I brute force it, or I try to. I mean, I lose a lot too, but like. I, I'm like, no, I'm getting the word. She's like, no, I'm getting the word, and I'm getting it soon. So you would rather get the word on line six? I mean, if given the choice, I'd, I'd also like to get it sooner. I'm just saying, like, that is a secondary goal for me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, sometimes if I think it'll bring me closer to the word, I'll repeat a letter even if it's wrong. Oh, yeah. Have you ever done a throwaway word, though? Like, a whole word you knew wasn't right? Um, sometimes I'll do it just because it will help me eliminate more letters. Can I tell you the other day, um, one of my usual starters was the word and I didn't use it and I was so annoyed. Man, 
I haven't played Wordle yet today. Actually, actually, it was a couple days ago, so I, I can. Sp- it was Crane. It was a few. Crane? Why is that one of your starter words? I mean, it's a good word. It has. It's, it's got a. It's got yeah. It's got a common um, beginning, and it's got two vowels, and N is a very common letter too. You know what? Okay, so you said it was the word, so I can't start with it today. Well, you can. It's just not going to be the answer. Yeah, no, I know. Okay, anyway, this episode is now about Wordle. <laughs> no, but really, like, it it was just interesting for me to realize how, to some of these folks, it appeared as if this was their disability community. Like, they were completely unaware of the fact that there were even other disabled spaces at all. And, you know, I didn't want to come in being a preacher. That's not why I was there. I was there because I've, hey, it's like, hey, you're my people, right? Um, but, but it was just like, you know, there's more than this. I mean, you, you do know that, right? Like, I don't, I'm not trying to say that from a high horse either. It's just like, I, I, I really want to give you this knowledge. I sound like I'm like a, a, a like a like a person who knocks on doors and proselytizes, <laughs> but like I, it kind of feels like that. <laughs> no, but I don't think it's proselytizing, depending on how you do it. I mean, I think there's always a way to show up into a space uh, and be very holier than thou, and be like, "Did you know there's a better space?" Well, no, yeah, but that's the thing. I'm not coming at it like that. I, I, I'm like, I literally, I'm just like, "Hey, like, guys, there's this thing." Right. And it can be a both and. It doesn't have to be an either or. Like you exactly. can stick with the original community that you were hanging out with, but also like, hey, there's a whole world out there for you to discover. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that's the right way to go about it. It's yeah, like, totally. like, let me just share with you that this exists and I will give you this knowledge, do with it what you will. I'm not forcing onto you a particular way of being or associating with a particular group. No, it's that's not my forte. That's not my style or forte. Of it's, course, but it's just like I don't know. It was it was a very interesting feeling because I'm not a, I'm not a preachy kind of guy except on this show. It's it's almost like this is a silly analogy, but like imagine you 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 run into a group of people, like a whole group of people who only ever eat vanilla ice cream. Now vanilla happens to be my favorite flavor, but it's imagine now if they didn't know that there were other flavors <laughs> and that you show up with chocolate, and it's just like. I think that's a try, try this. No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because you're kind of just like introducing to people that something else exists, but you're also not saying that what they already do is bad because no. I mean, we could get into an entire cultural conversation here about how that's basically colonialism. Yeah. <laughs> and colonial colonialism isn't funny. I'm laughing because that, like I can imagine, like 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 taking over a space to tell them that your space is better is like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, but, but I mean, that's not the what I'm doing. and chocolate thing is like an incredibly tame example. I mean, and but the other thing is, you're not going there and being like, guys, stop eating vanilla ice cream because chocolate is better. How about you can enjoy vanilla, but like, did you know that chocolate exists? And like, no pressure, but I'm gonna leave this pint of Haagen Dazs over here if you want it. Yeah, do it what you will. I just I wanted to name the colonialism thing because I am like not oblivious to the fact that you know, um, we as a culture are very good at just like showing up and imposing ourselves and being like, well, our cultural values are better than your cultural values. So here, we're just gonna like dominate your culture until we get rid of it, and then you're gonna be part of our culture. 
And if you want, if you want rights within our culture afterwards, yeah, sorry about that. Right. Like first we need you to assimilate and then we will reject you. It's great. It's really good. Welcome to America. I was going to say this the American way. We're, we're, we are vibing right now. Yeah, I but I, I just felt like I needed to name that that is not at all what you're implying here. And oh, yeah. No, no, I, I, I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah, I feel like for all of the disabled people who rail against that kind of cultural imposition, we can sometimes be the most guilty of it. I don't think people are going to like that I'm saying that. Yeah, but it's but it's true. <laughs> it's just it's true. It, it's th- but that's kind of why I wanted to do this because it was almost an epiphany. It was, you know, and it, and yeah. and like the the way that I felt after I had it was like almost this guilt. It was like I shouldn't. Yeah, you know, I should have known. I should have known to not think this way and to not take that for granted. And it's true, I should have, but I didn't. And I felt so strongly about it that I wanted to record this. I think it's a totally worthwhile conversation to be having. And quite frankly, I feel like it's one of my favorite conversations that we've had in a while. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so I'm glad you brought it up. Because as I was saying earlier, like so often I think these are just talking points that I rattle off and I can talk about it in, in theory. But in reality, you know... I forget myself sometimes and I forget these things sometimes. Um, and I want to be better about that. But sometimes I just feel like I'm existing in an echo chamber and I want to do a better job of getting out of that when I can. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how to get out of it sometimes. But there is a part of me that hopes that the podcast helps. You know, I realize that getting demographic information for who listens to a podcast is a challenge. But there is always this part of me that hopes that we are reaching people who may not necessarily be these very online people, but have found us somehow and we offer a little bit of insight. Yeah. That is that is literally what I hope for the show, like, all the time. But also, like, if you want to school us in something, you can send us an email, too. Like, we don't... Oh, yeah, please do. Please do, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have, for the beautiful people at home, a final takeaway? No. Except to say, I really like your shirt. <laughs> like it's a good my shirt. shirt. Yes, your shirt. I mean, I'm sure the listener shirts are great too, but like your shirt is like That's pretty funny, good. I feel it's like excellent. this is like a house dress, and I rarely really wear it out in public. But it's like this very bold, flowery dress with like a turquoise background. My mom got it for me. See, that's why I think I like it so much, because I don't think I've ever seen you in it, so it's, like, new. No, I, I don't really wear it around very much, but today I am so turquoise. I'm Ooh, wearing... and her nails are turquoise, too. My nails are turquoise. My dress is turquoise with flowers. I'm wearing turquoise compression stocking, drinking out of my turquoise water bottle. Like, I think I need to This call- episode of The Accessible Stall was brought to you by Patreon, patrons like you, 
and the color turquoise. Oh, see that? Okay, that's a different thing entirely because you know when you used to watch like yes, oh my god, I didn't realize that that's what it sounded like until just after I said it. But I was um, so and I was like, this show is made possible because of viewers like you or by viewers like you or whatever. Yeah, and, and it's funny because like when you were like four and you heard that watching Sesame Street. I don't know about you, but like, I felt responsible for Sesame Street. I'm like, I'm, I am helping. No, yeah. no, I did it because it was always like viewers like you, and I was like, like, like me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's oh, funny. Oh lord, that's really funny. Um, my final takeaway is. I think I like your shirt, but I can't really tell what's on it. It's just a very nice-looking, burgundy, well-fitting shirt. Because I am a new member of Stitch Fix. This is not a sponsored episode by Stitch Fix, but I like them so far. Okay, next episode that I think we should do is about uh, finding clothing as a disabled person. Oh, yes. Yes, I hate it. If I could, if there was a socially acceptable way to walk around with no clothes, and I don't mean like in a gross way, I I just mean just because it's so difficult. I I would think about it. I really would. I respect mm-hmm. that and feel the same way, and often do things without pants on. Mm-hmm. Even podcasts sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not wearing pants right now, but that's because I'm wearing. I mean- so. Yeah, I, I am wearing sweatpants right now, but uh, uh, that that has not always been true on this show. Peeling back the curtain. And on that note... Might we say you, yes you, look great today in whatever clothes that you might or might not be wearing. You know what? I like that. Very inclusive. Very expansive. Because Maybe. somebody could be listening to this like while they're taking yeah. a shower. That's a good idea. I've never listened to a podcast in the shower. Maybe I should. That's like, that's an idea. Since I started uh, living alone, I do that now. What do you listen to? Um, Not us. That's, that'd be weird. <laughs> I I do listen to us sometimes. Just... Yeah, but not in the shower, right? No, not in the shower. <laughs> no. Although I've had conversations with you from the shower, so that's kind of... Oh, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, that's to say, like, if they, are you even friends if you've never FaceTimed in the shower? <laughs> um, but I... Or rescued someone from falling down in the shower. Hey, I would do that again. I know you would, and I love you for it. I would also rescue you, but Thank I think you. that in rescuing you, I'd probably hurt myself and you, and it really would just be very terrible. You know... I agree, but also, like, a small party wants to see that occur. Sure, right. Just to see if it can, because I believe in you, but I but I also know the world that we live in, and gravity exists. And... Gravity exists. Gravity doesn't exist. Um, where were they going with the shower thing? Your, oh. fa- your, your favorite shower podcast. Okay, if you want a recommendation for a yeah. podcast that has absolutely nothing to do with disability, I really like A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. I just started listening to that. Did you I, really? I swear to God, like three weeks ago, I just started listening to that. Okay, well, this is my recommendation from the Good Mythical Morning crew, specifically Mythical Kitchen, and it's two chefs, and they argue about food things, and I love it because it literally just takes me completely out of 
anything else that I'm thinking about because it's just like a silly conversation about food. I have one for you. And this okay. is like up my alley, but I feel like you'd like it. All right, I'm ready. Well, it's called it? Lateral. Ooh, what's that? Tell me more. And it's like a it's a quiz show where the questions require very strange thought, like lateral thinking. Hmm. Um, I, I wish I could give you I wish I could give you a, an example of a question, but my mind is blanking. But but I promise you, just give it a listen. Give a, one of them a listen, and if lateral? you're into it, lateral like lateral thinking. Okay. All right. I will do and I that. recommend that to all of you too. It's it's cool. Oh yeah, extending this, and also, please, if you have other podcast recommendations, like hit us up. I want to know. Yes. Because I take a lot of showers by myself. <laughs> I take all of them by myself. <laughs> that wasn't what I meant, but that was I, how it came I... out. <laughs> I just meant that. In my apartment, yes, I, I, I myself, I am showering, and I would like some company. Nope, still came out wrong. Okay, that was worse. <laughs> Somehow, give me I, podcasts to listen to in the shower, so that I can be by myself and not with another person, but I, listening to other people talk. Was that better? Yeah, that was that was about it. Yeah, you got we got there. We got there. Okay. Um. You still look good today, by the way. You yeah, you, you look fabulous. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.